0: The following message was recorded at Bethlehem Baptist Church in Minneapolis, Minnesota. More information can be found online at Bethlehem.Church.
1: Let's turn your Bibles with me to the letter to the Hebrews. The letter to the Hebrews, chapter 1. And our text today is the first four verses. Long ago, at many times and in many ways, God spoke to our fathers by the prophets He sat down at the right hand of the majesty on high, having become as much superior to angels as the name he has inherited is more excellent than theirs. This is the word of the Lord.
0: Shortly before the the birth of Christ, an angel appeared to Joseph. We read this text earlier in the service assuring him that... uh, Mary, the woman to whom he was betrothed, had not been unfaithful, but was with child from the Holy Spirit. Joseph, son of David, do not fear to take Mary as your wife, for that which is conceived in her is from the Holy Spirit. She will bear a son, and you will call his name Jesus, for he will save his people from their sins." And then did you notice that Matthew, the gospel writer, went right on to link that reality, that word from the angel to the prophecy about the birth of Jesus in uh, Isaiah seven fourteen, saying, this is Matthew now, the gospel writer, saying, all this took place to fulfill what the Lord had spoken by the prophet, quote, Behold, the virgin shall conceive and bear a son, and they shall call his name Emmanuel, which means God with us. And so what I want to do is, from our text this morning, poke into what does that mean that Jesus, the Son of God, has come as Emmanuel, God with us. And our text would add that The coming of Jesus is the speaking of God to us. See, there in these last days, God has spoken to us by His Son, or in His Son. In His Son. So what's happening there at Christmas is God is coming, Emmanuel, with us in order to speak to us. Why would... Why would God speak to us through Jesus? He's already spoken to us in prophets. Apostle John says this in 1 John five twenty. The Son of God has come and has given us understanding so that we may know Him who is true. He is the true God and eternal life. Let me put those thoughts together. So now, God has come, Emmanuel, in His Son and spoken to us in order that we may know God as He truly is and not as we might guess Him to be or might imagine Him to be. But God has come in the person of His Son, Emmanuel, to speak to us in order that we might know Him. God's not silent or detached or or timid or shy or he, he comes into the world and he speaks in order that we might know him. You know, and if if you think, I mean, God seems far to me. I, I don't I don't hear him speaking. Our text would say maybe you're not listening to him in the right place. Yes, he's spoken to us through the prophets and captured and written in the Old Testament. It's true. It's real. And yet in these last days, he has spoken to us in his Son in order that we might listen to him and know him. So my aim this morning is that that you might resolve to Listen to Jesus in order to know God. You know, that the the dynamic of Christmas would be yours every day of your life from now on into eternity. That you might leave here saying something like, God, I want to listen to you through Christ and through your word in order to know you more, in order to love you more, in order to trust you more, in order to rejoice in you more. So, Father, grant grace for me to hear what you're saying to me in your word most profoundly in these last days through your Son, Jesus Christ. Father in heaven, so make it so, I pray, You've spoken to us in your Son, Christ, in order that we may know you. So grant us ears to hear in order to come to know you more. Grant us eyes to see you in and through the person of your Son, Christ. Your glory is in his face. Grant us eyes to see. So now, I pray this for every person in this room, everyone hearing my voice, every age. Draw us close to yourself through your word coming to us through Jesus Christ. Draw us close now, I pray, for our glory and your joy. In Jesus' name, amen. I really have two big points and under the second big point are six little points. So, two big points. Just echoing the text here. Long ago, God spoke by the prophets. Verse one. And, second point, in these last days, God has spoken to us by his son, or in his son. Verses two and three. So, point number one. Long ago, God has spoken. To us by the prophets. See that in verse one? Long ago, at many times in many ways, God spoke to our fathers by the prophets. In other words, in past times God spoke. God spoke his word through prophets, like Moses and Nathaniel, or excuse me, Nathan and Isaiah and Jeremiah. And in various ways he spoke through dreams like he did to Jacob and visions like he did to Isaiah in Isaiah 6 where he saw the Lord high and lifted up and heard holy, holy, holy is the Lord. Sometimes God spoke through angels and, and over and over again when the message of God came in these various ways they came to a person that God had chosen as a mouthpiece. And so in a prophetic manner, this, this person was the means through which God communicated his word. And, and praise God that, that those people wrote down God's words and preserved them for us in the Old Testament. And, and so it's to our benefit that this word of God that came in all these different ways through the prophets and before Christ were written for our benefit it it had it, it's no less the word of god for us and we receive it and believe it in faith and yet the text goes on to describe this coming of of jesus this is the second point in these last days god has spoken by his son What are these last days? I mean, very quickly, just inferring from the text, the last days include the time of Jesus' coming to speak. Acts chapter 2 describes the last days as uh, going back to the prophecy from Joel. When the Holy Spirit falls on the church, the Holy Spirit's coming, boom. It's in fulfillment of the prophecy that that's going to happen in the last days. And so simply... You might say, well, the last days began with the coming of Jesus and uh, was confirmed by the outpouring of the Holy Spirit on the church and, and the last days will not be completed. They're the last days before what? Before Jesus returns to consummate His kingdom and put all things under His feet. So we're in the last days. We're in the last days. They've begun and we, we live in them, awaiting Jesus' return. Why the contrast? You know, why would the writer of Hebrews just, boom, begin with this contrast? I, I really love the, the, the letter to the Hebrews. Um, it's, it's so, so complementary to, to the Gospels and to the Epistles. It's just so different. Um, and not that I don't love the Gospels and the Epistles. It's just, it's just such an interesting angle. One of the themes in the letter to the Hebrews is that Jesus is better. Jesus is better. And, and the writer to the Hebrews beats the drum right here, right, right off the bat. Better than the prophets, better than angels, better than Moses, better than the priesthood, better than the new covenant. I'm giving you a quick fly through the whole book. His sacrifice is better. Be- his, his new covenant is better is what I'm going to say. His, new, his sacrifice for sin is better, 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 better. Jesus is better, better, better. is just a theme in the letter. And, and the letter begins, boom. God has spoken to us in a better way. By his son. Well you know what it reminds me of is you know at Jesus' baptism, he comes up out of the water and the dove is there and the, the voice from the heavens booms. This is my beloved son. Listen to him. I think that's the point here. Listen to him. I can confirm that down in Hebrews 2, verses 1 through 4, where the writer says, Therefore, we must pay closer attention to what we have heard, lest we drift away from it. For since the message declared by angels proved to be reliable, and every transgression and disobedience received a just retribution. In other words, God speaking through the angels and even through the prophets. It was all true. And then, verse 3, chapter 2. How shall we escape if we neglect a great salvation that has come in Christ? It was declared at first by the Lord. That's Jesus. And was attested to us by those who heard the. the uh, the apostles, the eyewitnesses who wrote down the the New Testament for us. And while God also bore witness by signs and wonders and various miracles and by gifts of the Holy Spirit distributed according to His will. What's the point there? (laughs) This is my beloved Son. Listen to Him. My summary of of chapter 2, verses 1 through 4 is pay close attention to Jesus. He's come God is speaking through him. And if the message of the Old Testament when God spoke is reliable and true, and it is, how much more when the Lord himself speaks. Listen to him that we might know him. That's the point. So how is is Jesus better? How is the Son of God better than the prophets? These are the six ways that I see in the text. Six ways. I'll just move them through them. One, two, three, four, five, six. Number one. Everything belongs to the Son of God. It's there in verse two. Whom God appointed the heir of all things. God owns everything. The earth is the Lord's and the fullness thereof. And God's Son inherits everything that God has, which is everything. So the Son of God owns everything. There's nothing that He doesn't inherit. There's nothing that He doesn't possess. And 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 when He speaks, He speaks as one who owns everything and can accomplish everything He speaks because it's all His. It's all His. Listen to Him. His promises are true. He owns everything. And not only that, what prophet can say that? None. Not only that, does everything belong to Him, but everything was created through Him. So you have His ownership and now you have His creative power through whom He also created the world. God has created all things through his Son. That's why the Apostle John calls Jesus the Word. The Word. In the beginning was the Word, and the Word was with God, and the Word was God. Through him all things were made, and nothing was made that has been made apart from him. It's Jesus, the Word. When God said, let there be light, and he created everything, he did it through the Word, through the Son of God. All things were made through him, without him nothing was made that has been made. Colossians 1.16 says it this way, By him all things were created in heaven and on earth, visible and invisible, whether thrones or dominions or rulers or authorities, all things were created through him and for him. So, Jesus not only owns everything, he's created everything. And he has, therefore, all authority, to, the right and the responsibility to do it as he pleases with everything because it's all his and he has power over it all. What prophet can say that? I mean, incidentally, one of the things that these texts will blow up Is the religions of the world that calls Jesus a prophet, a mere prophet. He ain't no mere prophet, he's the Son of God. Number three, the Son of God perfectly displays the glory of God. Verse three He is the radiance of the glory of God, the exact imprint of his nature. Colossians 1.19 In him all the fullness of God was pleased to dwell. Colossians 2.9 In him the whole fullness of deity dwells bodily. So what we see when we look at Jesus and what we hear when we listen to Jesus in his life and teachings is the glory of God displayed in the the beauty of all his attributes, his his mercy, his justice, his, his power and his meekness, his majesty and his humility, his wisdom to confound the wise and wisdom to teach children. His What, courage to confront the hypocrites and the authorities who oppose him and cast out demons and confront the hypocrites? This compassion to sympathize with our weaknesses, heal the broken, strengthen the weak, power over life and death. And the glory of God's grace is profoundly, beautifully, clearly, accurately displayed in the Son of God, in His mission to save us by His substitutionary death for us, to bring us to God. Jesus says, the night before He's crucified, for this purpose I've come to this hour. Father, glorify Your name. Then a voice came from heaven, I have glorified it and I will glorify it. The Son of God perfectly displays the glory of God. What prophet can say that? Number four. The Son of God upholds the universe by the word of his power. I don't need to say any more about that point. (laughs) What prophet can do that? He upholds the universe by his power, verse 3, or Colossians 1, 17, In him all things hold together. So, the Son of God is the word of God going forth that holds everything together. It holds everything big together, like the universe and the stars and everything little, like, like subatomic particles and molecules. It holds us together, our beating hearts and our eyes blinking and moisturizing themselves right now. He holds together this, this planet in its orbit and the sun and the snow. In him all things hold together because he upholds the universe by his word. The son of God's word holds it all together. You know, one simple takeaway just right down to the, I don't know, confidence, hope, day to day is if if the son of God is sufficient to sustain the universe and the subatomic particles and everything in between he can be trusted to sustain our faith all the way to the end keep us believing preserve us for glory he's able to keep you from stumbling And to present you blameless before the presence of his glory with great joy. He's able to sustain us all the way, not just body, but soul, whole person, all the way to the end. The Son of God upholds the universe by the word of his power. What prophet can say that? Number five, the Son of God has purified us from our sins. It's in verse 3. After making purification for sins. He did this by offering up himself as a sacrifice for our sins. And in that he secured our forgiveness, our reconciliation with God forever. Once and for all. One sacrifice, boom, it's all done. By his death, Hebrews ten ten. We have been sanctified through the offering of the body of Jesus Christ once and for all. And then 10.14 adds, By a single offering, he has perfected for all time those who are being sanctified. God has spoken to us in his Son, and his Son is the one who purifies us from all of our sins by offering up himself for us. No human prophet ever died for your sins. Only Jesus, the Son of God, the Word of God, Emmanuel. Number six. And he sat down at the right hand of the Majesty on high. having become as much superior to angels as the name he has inherited is more excellent than theirs. He sat down. His work was done. It is finished. After his death for us, for the purification for our sins, God raised him from the dead and exalted him to God's right hand where he sits on God's throne reigning over all things with sovereign authority, King of kings and Lord of lords. And you think about how many of the the prophecies of Christmas are keyed in on Jesus coming to reign with all authority, the authority of God, the government on his shoulders, increase of his government and of peace, there would be no end. The Son of God reigns over all things, No human prophet, no human king was ever given the throne of God to reign over all things. So Christmas celebrates the coming of Jesus, the Son of God. God has spoken to us in his Son. Are you listening to him? Are you listening to Him in order to know Him? He has come and has spoken so that you might hear in order that you might know Him by faith. This is my beloved Son. Listen to Him. Listen to Him. Listen to Him. So my my Christmas exhortation be just this. I mentioned it in the beginning. May it be your life's ambition to listen to the Son of God in order to know God more and more and more, to love God more and more and more, to enjoy God more and more and more, to worship Him and treasure Him above all more and more and more. May that be your Christmas resolve because that's God's Christmas present to you in Emmanuel, God with us. Let me pray. Father in heaven, so I pray this for every one of us. Believers and for those who are not yet believers, I pray that you would grant each one of us ears to hear you Through your word, as you speak, as you've spoken in the Old Testament and most profoundly and excellently and supremely in and through your Son, the image of your glory, grant us ears to hear, eyes to see you, and I pray for a a holy addiction. Addict us to yourself in yearning to know you more. May it be our life's ambition. I pray this for the glory of your name and for our joy. And I pray that we would yearn to know you day by day by day until until the day when the last days are over and we see you face to face the glory of God in the face of Christ. And we're known as even as we know you, even as we are known. So make it so I pray in Jesus name. Amen. Thank you for listening to this message from Bethlehem Baptist church in Minneapolis, Minnesota. Feel free to make copies of this message to give to others, but please do not charge for these copies or alter their content in any way without written permission from Bethlehem Baptist church. For more information, we invite you to visit us online at Bethlehem.Church or write us at 720-13th Avenue South, Minneapolis, Minnesota 55415. Bethlehem Baptist Church, spreading a passion for the supremacy of God in
1: all things, for the joy of all peoples, through Jesus Christ.